Welcome to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock, who is the co-founder of Videosocials.net and of VideoInterviewPodcast.com. In every episode, Mark interviews business and organizational thought leaders who share their stories of how they inspire others by making a difference. You can find this show on videosocials.net and YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and almost any podcast platform of your choosing. Greetings and welcome, everybody. And today I am really happy to have uh, Neil Peterson. Neil is a uh, longtime client of, uh, that we've been working with for a number of years, and he is one of the owners of Peterson & Sons Surety Bond Agency. Uh, this is a bond agency that's based in New York, but provides services nationwide. Great to have you, Neil. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank I'm doing very well, Mark. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I always like to start, Neil, before we jump into, you know, what is, what is, uh, what are surety bonds, these types of things, um, into, you know, what's your story? Because it's, it's, it's not kind of a field that you would think that people just kind of fall into, right? So what, how did, how did you get, to, how did you get into this kind of business? And, and, and what was your background before, before getting into it? Well, ever since I was a little kid, it was always my dream to be a surety bond broker. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, some kids want to be a rock star, others want to be a cop, and I, I said surety was the way to go. Now, it's uh, it's a family-run business, so I, I was, you know, always sending out mailings, maybe filing some papers for my father throughout, you know, my teen years, every now and then when he needed help, and... Uh, you know, childcare consisted of me being on the office floor, uh, you know, growing up. And I, I had an idea about it. I never wanted to go into it. So it wasn't the goal. Um, during college and uh, I guess towards the end of high school, I was periodically helping my father out with stuff. And uh, on the side, I was actually working for a bail bondsman at night. So it was kind of an interesting uh, education on underwriting and I was able to kind of craft the two and apply some of the best practices that I learned from my father, another mentor and another mentor um, to give me a skill set to go into another business. And that was always the goal. And uh, as I started working for my father and getting a little bit older, you know, my, my it was 20 years old, really, when I started actually working um, in a more of a full time basis and going to school at night, which was very difficult. I had realized that there was some technology improvements that could be used to, you know, lessen the amount of work, increase productivity, and allow us to have more time to be significantly more responsive to clients. And I accidentally gener generated a lot of business. So as I was getting into my, you know, junior and senior year of college, you know, at night, sometimes during the day, doing all this stuff, I started to build a, a client base. And it was probably the goal, probably for my first two years in the, you know, after, you know, college, so it'd be four years in the business of actually getting a job. And the job market was uh, very tight. And I was looking at working somewhere where I would make a significantly uh, lower salary. And I decided at that point to, um, you know, stay working with my father, building the business and it's really a rewarding experience to have a father and son relationship where yeah. we get to see each other on a regular basis. Um, my father's still employed here. Uh, we now co-own the business, but it's, uh, 
it's nice being able to say like, you know, dad, do you want to go grab a sandwich or go have lunch somewhere? Um, and it's, you know, a Tuesday, very few people out there can, can do that and have the opportunity to. Absolutely. So that's how I ended up in surety. And it turns out I like it. I'm pretty good at it. It's, uh, it's not a bad career path. Absolutely. And um, one of the answers to the questions I, I often ask, you know, what inspires you or who or what inspires you? And, and you said family. And um, that, that honestly tells me all I need to know, because um, I was watching one of your videos recently and, and we're going to have links, uh, folks, to uh, um, Neil's website and, and uh, LinkedIn and, and YouTube and those types of things that, that are going to be below. But uh, uh, one of your videos was was talking about, you know, time is incredibly valuable um, and um, you don't like wasting. You don't like people wasting your time. So you want to make sure that that you're not wasting your client's time. You, you want to get it done right. You want to get it done quickly and you want and, and you, you know, out of the gate, have it have it work. And I know that your your practice is uh, is growing exponentially um, because of um, that commitment to getting it done right the first time and, uh, um, and and having that family grounding uh, behind you, because then you're not just doing the mechanics of underwriting you're doing you're 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 doing it for people because you're you're a real person and and you know that your clients are real people that have you know um are often a very very stressful situation so why don't we get into that a little bit i mean you know for somebody who doesn't know like me what a surety bond is what 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 is surety well a surety is one of the oldest industries in the world it's really where a third party guarantees the actions of another. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a simple oversimplification of it. Generally, either um, you're, you know, what I do is a lot of it's focused on uh, court cases. So uh, there's different litigation between two parties. And one of the parties needs a guarantee that they'll pay the other party a sum of money if the case basically goes against them and not in their favor. So I'm extending credit or issuing a financial guarantee of payment. And unlike, let's say, an insurance policy where you buy homeowner's insurance, there's you know an accident and the insurer pays for the, the damage to the property, with the surety, if the one party doesn't pay, we actually have to go in and make the other party whole. But then we turn around and, and subrogate against our client or sue them to recover the cost. So surety is really just extending credit. Now, outside of court cases, there could be a license or permit issued by the you know government, whether it's a county, state, uh, federal entity, and they may say, as a requirement of the license, you have to get a bond mm -hmm. to, for us to even consider issuing you this license. Right. Or let's say you're bidding on a government contract. Now, the government awards a lot of contracts and to qualify the contractor, they can't review everybody's uh, background and, and, and see if they could actually fulfill the contract. What they do is they really transfer that duty to companies like myself, where we qualify the contractor to perform the work, whether that's uh, providing maintenance services at mm. buildings or uh, building a military base, right? It could be any type of contract 
and they, they give that contract and we guarantee that they'll perform that contract, pay their suppliers, subcontractors, wherever else falls into the mix. And mm-hmm. if they were unable to build it or unable to perform the contract, uh, the insurance carrier that I represent, which I'm a, a broker for, would come in and pay it, perform it, or make them whole. So that's mm-hmm. the, the real, really what surety is. It's a guarantee to make somebody whole. And usually a government entity is requiring it. Far, far more in depth than than, than, than I realized. So in, in essence, you're kind of doing a background in, the, in that kind of circumstance. You're kind of doing back, background checks. You're, you're, you're doing the due diligence of making sure that this is a trustworthy, has a track record, is going to do the going to do the work. And and then the flip side of that is if they don't, if if uh, if your risk management, you know, didn't didn't come through, or, you know, and they don't do it, um, you're you're there to make sure that. In this case, the government agency or, or, or whatever, uh, whatever it is, the court, whatever it is, uh, is made whole. So. That's correct. There's a, there's a, the three, three C's of underwriting character, capacity, and capital. What's their qualification? What's their background? Is there anything in their background that would give us cause for concern? And then that's to qualify their character, their capacity. Are they able to perform the work? And then capital, do they have the funds to perform the work? Are they going to be able to withstand or sustain a interruption in their business or correct the issue financially? what we look at so that so that kind of leads me to to wonder then how does a typical surety bond department work well a lot of surety bond departments are at large insurance brokers Mm -hmm. and they you know the producer gets the request emails it over to um, a placement department who sends it to a surety underwriter who then sends it to uh, maybe an individual at that surety department and you have these email chains that go back and forth. And then a couple days later, someone reaches out and contacts you and they may have experience with that matter, or they may have no experience of that matter. And the, the go-to uh, item that's requested is that they send out a bond application. Sometimes it's one to four pages and applies to 4,000 or 4 million different types of bonding. And so you get this bond application, you fill out the paperwork, you send over, you know, 10 different documents, and then hopefully they'll find somebody that has a background in this type of bond to figure out how uh, to place it. And what we mentioned earlier is that that, uh, that word time, that mm-hmm. all takes time. And then it's clients are wondering what's going on, what's happening, where does this stand? Now, where we differ is mm-hmm. that we have a lot of experience with these different types of bonds and maybe they're called something slightly different, but we're willing to listen and communicate with our clients where we get to find out what they actually need, right? Okay. So there's there's a word called performance bonds. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to say, I need a performance bond. And that word kind of encompasses, you know, I don't know, 800,000 different types of bonds. Well, if I listen a little bit longer, I could find out what they actually need and say, okay, well, I have this company that's willing to underwrite that because they have a lot of experience with it. I don't need to send them a bond application or request, you know, 25 different documents. I know exactly what we need, right. or maybe three documents, a financial statement, 
and we have a conversation at the onset, and then I could send a follow-up email with a brief little list of this is exactly what I need. And then we could skip that, you know, item going from this department to this department to this department, and that time, you know, span of two to three weeks to get an answer of no, we don't do that. <laughs> or, or yes, we can help, but right. So it's uh, you know some agencies love to approach fifteen different companies or four different companies, and they turn around and say, "Well, these companies can't help." Now I've seen that a lot where um, larger companies farm out business to my office, where if you have about the top five to seven surety companies in the world or, or extremely large insurance carriers, mm -hmm. and they, they dominate a large part of the 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 business. But there's another 100 carriers out there that are financially sound, they're A-rated, they're strong companies that may specialize in a specific type of business. Now, the top seven have been around the longest. A lot of surety business renews that you get paid every year, similar to an insurance policy. So these companies built their books of business 50 plus years ago. They haven't been growing. They haven't been getting that much bigger. They kind of stay the same. And so a lot of brokers approach the top seven and they don't have a um, they don't have a, you know, appetite for these risks and they can't place it. And then they say, well, these are the seventh largest companies. And they all said that. Well, some of those companies had no thought or chance of entertaining any of that business. So essentially, why approach a company that's going to say no from the get go? Why don't we go to a company that's going to say yes? Or maybe approach two companies and have the two companies offer different terms. And they may they may rank somewhere between 20 and 25 on the top companies and they charge similar prices, there's similar creditworthiness, and they they fulfill what's needed. Awesome. And uh, and and I appreciate you taking the time to 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 have this conversation with me because I know you're growing like crazy and I know you're <laughs> obviously the phone's ringing off the hook. Um and <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're curing that right now. That's awesome. So um, uh, I already know the answer to this question. And, and and but is, you know, where do you feel that you add value to your clients? And I'm just going to say up front, just based on what what, you, what you've said so far and, and, and how I know you is, is that you're thinking outside the box. Um, you're, th you're, you're and, and it's not it's it's not as it's it's not. It's a self-imposed box that some of these other companies are dealing with because it's like, oh, if it's not one of the top seven, well, then it's it's you know it's not worth our time to mess with it. Well, the reality is is that there's hundreds of insurance companies out there that that, that might be a good fit for this. You're helping people actually find what their best chance of actually getting what they need. Um, that that is correct, and a lot of a lot of companies have a lot of different parameters. Now, something I'm becoming across a lot is what's called reverse flow business, which is when you have an international company that's operating in the U.S., mm -hmm. they need different types of bonds. And sometimes they approach their, their broker that they're using, and they don't know where to, to begin. This company is based in Korea. This company is based in Australia. This company is based in the U.K. Do they qualify? Who do you contact? Now, there, there's certain countries, like let's say a Russian company or a Chinese company without substantial U.S. assets, they're not going to qualify for the bond. But if I hear that maybe uh, Western Europe or uh, 
you know, South Korea, Japanese company, there's different international surety companies that could easily take their indemnity, perfect their indemnity and have a bond issued for that right. so that they can actually get it. Right. So that's been a major area where we've been adding value. The other thing that we like to do, which I find it to be very unique from a underwriting perspective, we're, we're agents and brokers. We're actually not supposed to underwrite, but we have a, a very long track record underwriting complicated pieces of business. So we, we look at what's called bond risk. Now, I mentioned earlier, there could be over a million different types of bonds. All these different types of bonds have different levels of risk. Right. Now, if we look at one bond form that says if at any time, let's say the state of New York demands payment, you have to tender the payment within two to three days, that's a very high risk bond. Now, let's say there's another bond that says pending the determination of, of a uh, administrative hearing and all appeals, um, you may have to pay the state of New York. That that risk can be spread out over five years. That may have less of a bond risk, right? There's a, a higher duty or or we deal with some trustee matters where the, the trustee bond, which guarantees the trust action, uh, trustee's action, it can be for a criminal conviction is the triggering mm -hmm. point. Now, let's say a breach of a fiduciary duty versus criminal conviction is two vastly different duties right. and levels to make a payout. So if we can underwrite both the bond risk, the company risk, and look at the actual three Cs, the character, capacity, and capital, we can find a lot of companies willing to provide bonds for people that would normally be unable to obtain them if they just went to, let's say, the, the largest companies in the industry. Right, right. So all that said, I mean, do you have advice for somebody who's seeking a, a, a surety bond? I mean, my advice would be call you. <laughs> it, 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 it mostly is to call me. But the, the advice is line it up ahead of time. Right. Scrambling at the end of the day to obtain a bond is never a winning strategy. I like to think about best practices in business. If you're bidding on a contract in July and it's going to be awarded in September, start working with your bonding company in July, whether it's me or somebody else, right? If you find right. out you can't obtain the bond, why are you, you know, mobilizing people to come up with a bid? Right. Figure right. out what you what your margins are and how to how to actually bid to win the contract if you're not actually going to be able to obtain the bond to perform it. So I see a lot of times clients come to me, you know, with one or two days before bonds needed, and they mm -hmm. say, What can you do? There's a large amount of times that we find something we can do, whether the client finds it favorable or not to them to move forward with it, but we at least try to give them options. Now that could have been a much different conversation, you know, two, three weeks beforehand. They could have had 20 different options. Something I see a lot with, let's say, appeal bonds. Um, a client is a wealthy individual. They don't qualify for the bond without collateral. They find out that they could pledge not a retirement account, brokerage account. That may, may take a couple of days to do between getting the account pledged from the wealth manager, um, having it executed by the proper parties, and then having the account coded to make sure that there's a pledge on it. Mm -hmm. Now, we're securing that collateral, that may be five days, seven days, eight days. Well, if you know you're gonna need this bond, you might wanna work on it two, three weeks ahead of time. I had another client where they wanted to use real estate as collateral, and similar to a court case, uh, the court gave them an extra two weeks to get it in place. And that was plenty of time to do it. 
but relying on the court to grant an extension is never a winning strategy. Right. And something, something, you know, which is readily brought up by the party, you know, considering giving the extension, let's say the judge, why didn't you have this lined up ahead of time? Right. You don't want to be sitting in a, in a situation where you don't know how to respond or you do not have a adequate answer to give the party asking that question. So it's, it's give me a call. Let's start working on it today. Even, and one of the things I love to point out is I get paid once the bonds issued. So if someone calls me and says, Neil, I need your help, your opinion on this. Do you got 20 minutes? Do you have two hours? The answer is yes. Let's sit down and discuss it and see what we can do for you. If you do not move forward with the contract, you don't move forward with my office. We're not charging you a fee to talk to you. And I see this a lot when a client calls me and they say, my attorney thinks it costs 10% to get a bond. Well, all bonds are priced differently. It's probably closer on 2%. Sometimes it's as low as a quarter of 1%. That's vastly different than the 10% that the attorney said. So calling someone who's a knowledgeable expert to give you an actual price or an idea, a range of what it's going to cost you and what's required is invaluable. So going in with a qualified person to give you uh, actual appropriate responses is what I would look for. And and start early, you know, and, and, early. and start having those conversations early because why, you, why, you know, it's like anything else. It's like you, you don't want to wait until you need an insurance policy and, and before you buy the insurance policy. Well, this is this is this is a, a little bit similar in the fact that you're not going to get the contract. You're not going to get out on bail. You're not going to get what you know, whatever it is that, that you need um, if you don't have if you don't have the bond that you need. Um, and so, you know, the sooner the better that you start researching what is it going to take to get, what are my options, et cetera, et cetera, the more, I, as I, I think you alluded to, the more options that you have um, and, and, and the, more, um, uh, the, more flexi- the more flexibility uh, is in play versus it's got to be now, you know, it's got to be done in a week or it's got to be done in, in, in a number of days. Um, really puts a lot of constraints that just aren't necessary that, that wouldn't be necessary if they got going early and oh by the way being willing to have a conversation about what you actually need rather than hey i need a performance bond because you know one of the advisors one of the attorneys whatever that's the only word that they know so they they, they, they you know they think that's what they that they that they need well what type of performance bond right you know <laughs> right so um really really excellent neil so um, I did want to take I did want to take a moment. You know how we know each other is is that you're a member of Video Socials and and uh, you haven't been super active with it recently, but uh, uh, you know you're growing and and uh, client service always comes first. Uh, at the same token, you have got a number of videos out there, and again, I'll have links uh, links below for that. Um, the best way to get in touch with you, of course, uh, is your website, uh, Court Bond Now, and we'll have all your contact information available as well. Um, but you were involved uh, uh, for a while with video socials and creating, you know, short videos to kind of share knowledge, share experience, give some tips and ideas, um, and uh, and let people kind of get to know you before they ever pick up the phone. Um, and um, 
that's kind of what video socials was designed to do. We get together in, in uh, typically five to 10 people in a group and we take turns uh, recording our two, three minute videos that we're using on our websites and social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we do it together so that we're, it, it becomes a social thing. Instead of talking to this inanimate object called a camera, uh, we're having a conversation with our kind of built-in audience, as it were, and we're getting feedback from that audience. We're learning from each other. It's an experiential program. Um, but uh, uh, what was your experience like with, uh, with video socials, Neil? Well, I think it was a very positive experience. And one of the things I want to bring up is that there is obviously media takes different forms and advertisement and having your name get around out there. Uh, I find that some of the, I guess, older generation than me, I'm 33. So explaining to someone that if they have, you know, different clips that pop up on LinkedIn and they have a thousand connections, maybe 200 of those people will see the connection and think, oh, they're top of mind. Uh, and then it, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, they may need something that you could help them with, they can send you a referral. So for me, I liked using it to stay top of mind. The other thing is I also like having some sort of actual uh, presence that people get to see and feel. It gives a little bit of more of a human element and gets to know me a bit better. And like you said, it's like a little clip into you. And then lastly, I love that you brought up the social aspect. Um, a lot of us spend a ton of time in our office and if I had to, I guess, talk to myself into a camera and, and be continually reviewing it and trying to tweak it and, and see if I can give myself criticism, it's, I don't think it's something I would keep up with, but the connecting with others, you know, working with others and having some sort of feedback from your peers or even possible people you can network with seems a lot better than uh, going alone or just doing it myself. So I, I like the feedback. I've, I've received some business from what I've done. Is it a ton of business? No, but I'm also looking for a, you know, 10 year track record of growth. So it's the business I do pick up, you know, can be paying dividends for the next 10 years. And I'm still trying to fine tune my own marketing strategy, which video socials is definitely going to be a big part of it. Awesome, Neil. Well, thank you. So we'd love to have you as a guest, folks. Uh, if you have an interest in doing uh, videos for YouTube, for your website, for email blasts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just go to videosocials.net and click the guest tab at the top of the screen. There's no cost. There's no obligation. And it's a judgment-free zone. Uh, we all learn by doing, and we learn together. So um, just to kind of to close up, uh, if I may, Neil, um, when I think of bonds in the past, I have thought really having to do almost exclusively with court cases. And what you're, indi and what you're, what you're indicating to me is this. That's just one element, you know, um, whether it be contracting, whether it be service, service providing, whatever it is. Um, but is there is there a big difference there? I mean, yeah, I know that you do. I know that you do all types. Right. I mean, um, but is there a big difference there in, in what those clients are like to work with? the stress that people, I, I can only imagine that this, that uh, there, there is, there, there's a major difference. I mean, for the most part, keep in mind, we're dealing with court cases. It's probably large corporations, you know, litigating with each other and, you know, they have stronger balance sheets or, or well-to-do individuals that are, I guess, more uh, well-versed in risk and stress than, than your average citizen. Um, but it's completely different than construction contracts or other performance contracts. 
you know, we've really expanded into them because it's it's probably about 90% of the industry. And then mm. we felt that there was, we're coming across a lot of clients that weren't being, their needs weren't being met. They weren't able to obtain bonds through whoever they were working with and coming to us and us finding them a home uh, seemed to be, you know, a, a good business model. So we keep on continually growing that as well. So it's, uh, clients are happy, but it's completely different underwriting. Um, you're looking at a lot of different ways of trying to get the client qualified for the, the project than compared with a court case that can be a little bit more cut and dry. Right, right. And and I would can only imagine very stressful. Um, and, uh, and, and thank you for being there for them because I, <laughs> I know that many times that when they're reaching out to you, it's like, I got to have this you know, I'm, I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with uh, something really stressful here. So, um, I know you to be a really level-headed, calm, <laughs> cool, collected, and, 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 and you work the problem. So I, I appreciate who you are and what you do from, from that perspective. Um, any final words or suggestions that, uh, you would have for, for people, what what area are you really focused on right now? What, what what's the fastest growing area for your fastest growing area is still court cases, but we we also love that international client that's trying to establish a presence in the U.S. and they need some practical advice for their surety business. That's a that's a really good area. Uh, we also find that to to end on, there's a lot of things called money transmitter licenses for, mm-hmm. for a lot of crypto companies. Really, the the market for these licenses have, has cratered. So these companies are being told basically you need to be re- you need to replace our bonds or put up ten million dollars, whatever it is. And so you have companies that are scrambling and they're not happy with the current company they're working with. So that's been a really fast growing, expanding area where mm-hmm. we can come in and help clients out and find them a home when they're in the middle of a crisis. So that's been an area where clients are looking to come over from a larger broker to a much smaller boutique that could maybe advise them and show them where they should look for a home. Awesome. And uh, again, folks, it's Court Bond Now, uh, Neil Peterson, and uh, we'll have links to uh, how you can connect with him on LinkedIn, take a look at a couple of his uh, videos on, on YouTube, et cetera. Uh, we'll all be at the bottom. Neil, thank you so much. Um, uh, I'm always it, it, it's it would seem like such a dry topic, but you make it so interesting. Uh, it, it's it's very intricate. It's very detailed, um, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you've got such a good grasp on it, and that the your core values are about trying to help people get what they need, and uh, um, and, and kind of cut through the. <laughs> cut through some of the bureaucracy that you that you that you open with that that the typical people uh, typical person might try to deal with it if they were working directly with an insurance company as an example or working with somebody that's just you know well let's submit it here and see what happens you know so um awesome thank you so much for for being on today for taking the time and uh we'll let you get back to your back back to your client's phone uh, calling you <laughs> thanks mark Absolutely. You've been listening to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. Your positive comments, likes, and most importantly, your sharing of this show with others is greatly appreciated. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Inspiring Business Podcast on whatever platform you prefer. You can catch prior episodes on videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all the major podcast platforms.